Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. We are so excited that you are joining us for the show today. This podcast aims to explore a biblical life view in a conversational tone. Let's join our host and founder of Servants of Grace, Dave Jenkins, for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today is Mark. Mark, welcome to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. Dave, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, can you uh, tell us about your life, marriage, ministry? What are you working on uh, ministry project-wise? I think you're even starting to write an- maybe another book or so? Yeah, I have a full life. It's uh, good. We are thankful for um, all the ways the Lord has uh, evidenced His grace to us. I'm married. I have a wonderful wife, Sarah, who married now 26 years this summer. We have four children, uh, twin boys who uh, both just graduated from college, uh, another son who's 19, year old, uh, 19 years old, and then a daughter who's 13. been serving in uh, Indianapolis for 11 years. And prior to that, I served in uh, Western Michigan at a church. And I just have a wonderful um, life that's filled with uh, opportunities to advance gospel work and uh, also the love of my family and um, finished as, uh, you know, we're talking about today this book on lament, and as I was writing that book, it um, paralleled a um, diversity movement within our church that's been uh, really, really thrilling to see. Not an easy uh, conversation, by all means, and this next project attempts to connect the role of lament into that conversation in regards to racial reconciliation. So it uh, tries to identify how lament can serve as a bridge that opens the door uh, for an effective conversation about uh, ethnic harmony in the context of the church. So that's uh, what we're working on along with trying to pastor a good group of people and preach on a weekly basis. So life's good. Yeah, that's uh, you, you got a full load going on there. Full load. I've I've enjoyed uh, start following you recently on Twitter and um, have enjoyed getting to know more about what you guys are doing there in, in Indianapolis. And I've listened to a few of the interviews that you've done and, and that's uh, you do, you're doing a wonderful work there. So um, Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. Can you uh, please tell us a bit about your book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Discovering the Grace of Lament, why you wrote it, and how it's being received. I wrote Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy after a, about a 15, 16-year journey that really began with the stillbirth of our daughter, Sylvia, in um, 2004. At the time, I really didn't know what was going on in my soul. Looking back on it now, I could tell you I was lamenting. I just didn't know how to describe it or even really had a category for it. And through that journey, through her loss, through multiple miscarriages, uh, blighted ovum, uh, the Lord just began to kind of tune my heart to the sorrow of people and my own sorrow, and uh, also noticed that something seemed to be missing in the conversation and the experience as it relates to both grief, how Christians talk about grief, how we process our grief, and in the context of teaching the Bible, um, through those years, uh, began talking more about this re- reality of um, lament and the challenge that's uh, related to how we think and talk to God through our sorrows. And as I began to talk about it, um, it started. people started to come out of the woodwork and uh, talk through lamentations and various psalms, began to realize that this is a really missing language for the church 
uh, and uh, wanted just to kind of explore that of the way in which uh, God can give us grace when we learn the uh, the language of lament. And so I uh, set out on a journey in 2014 to try and put something down to write it, and that then created the, the book that is now out there. Yeah, it, it's being received, I think, well. I've never written a book before. What I'm um, pleased with is that the book has done what my study did for me, which is to help explain to people what they are or what they were going through. So invariably, the comments I've heard from people is, you just explained the last 10 years of my life, Mm -hmm. um, giving them a category through which they can see their journey, and also giving folks some hope as to how they can even think about future suffering that they're going to go through, or maybe what they're working through right now, as to how lament as a biblical language can be a means of God's grace when sort of the dark clouds of of life uh, roll in. So that's, that's the central premise of the of the book and how um, it came about. Well, I will echo what you just said. I've gone through quite a bit of pain and so has my wife and it's not been necessarily very easy. And and this book definitely, I don't think that, you know, I studied biblical studies in in seminary and I don't don't remember us covering that. But um, so your book was definitely really, really helpful and and very needed. So thank you so much for, for writing it. Yeah, I'm glad it was helpful. I think that uh, most of us, even those of us who've gone to seminary, for some reason we've just kind of missed the section on lament. And uh, I, I certainly did. And <laughs> once you see it, you begin to understand why it's so important. You uh, you briefly touched on um, you know your story about why you wrote it. So maybe you want to just touch a little bit more on this. Uh, how did you come to understand the importance of biblical lament for your own Christian life? Yeah, after our daughter died in 2004, um, and she was stillborn just a few days before delivery. I talk about that in the book. I just I had things that were rolling through my soul. Two things, um, parallel track. Uh, at the one hand, on the one hand, I knew that God was good. I firmly believe that Romans eight was true. All things work together for good. Uh, those of us who uh, set our hope on Christ, like that's that's so incredibly true. And at the same time, life was still really hard. And what I found was that people tended to live in kind of two ditches. On the one hand, was the ditch of, of despair. Like, I can't do this, life awful. In some cases, folks even begin to question if they're even really a Christian. On the other hand, more common is denial. Everything's fine, and, and you know, this is, this is, uh, we're, we're, we're doing just, just okay. And, you know, so that despair and um, denial tended to be the two ditches that I found people falling into, even found myself having to wrestle through. And I began to look in, in the Psalms and in other portions of Scripture and discover and learn that, that the Bible is both gut-level honest with how hard life can be, but also incredibly hopeful. And that's what the lament psalms in particular do. So like in Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? And then at the end of the psalm, it says, but I will sing. And so like, these two things that go together are both the hardship of, of suffering, but also the hopefulness that we can have that God's in control. And so I just began seeing that um, through my own journey, began seeing that in the scriptures, began just talking about that and kind of living in that. And uh, that allowed for me to be able to both be honest with the Lord, but also hope in his goodness and to realize that those are not, those are not mutually exclusive categories. You can both trust in God and you can really wrestle with deep question. And uh, both of those can go together. And that's even the title of the book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, positions those two concepts right next to each other. Because I think, you know, we know that hard is not bad, but hard is hard. And I think it's just hopeful to know that the scriptures speak with that kind of language. And that's what I think lamented for me, did for my wife, and has uh, been really helpful to the two churches that I've served in various ways.
Is, is it fair to say that lament is a way to to process and um, navigate the hardships of our of our life? Yeah, I, I think certainly that would be a, a, a one way to talk about it. I, I think it's also a language that we use to talk to God while we are in pain, and it is a way that when we're not in direct pain, trying to just make it, lament also serves to tune our hearts to the brokenness around us and in the world. So lament isn't just for people who are struggling. It's for those where life is going pretty well. And just to be reminded that life isn't going well for everybody. And we do live in a broken world. And lament, like a memorial, like the Vietnam Memorial, reminds us that uh, our world is really broken and we really need a Savior. Yeah, amen. Well, what to those who are of our listeners who are new, they, they haven't yet read your book, what, what does lament look like in, in practice? Are there particular times when we should lament or, or not lament in the Christian life? We'll start with the definition. Uh, simply, uh, I think that lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. So it's a prayer. That's why I think that lament is uniquely Christian, because Christians pray in our pain. It's a prayer in pain, so it happens because I'm in some sort of difficulty, and it leads to trust. So so lament is a, a language that moves us along from the pole of a hard life to trusting in God's uh, sovereignty. And, you know, a third of the of the Psalms are lament. So you just kind of get your head around that. One out of every three Psalms have some sort of um, pain and lament-oriented theme in them. Sometimes those laments are personal, where an individual is working through sorrow. Sometimes it's corporate, where an entire body of believers are struggling. At other times, it's um, you know, there people are repenting for sins that they've committed. And other times, it's folks who are wrestling under the weight of injustice, and they're crying out to God to um, to do something, to act. And then each lament typically has four key elements to it. Um, these aren't found in every single lament or in direct order, because it's a poetic expression, it's a musical form, so it's not linear, but usually a lament involves a turning to God in prayer, so I choose to talk to God about my prayer, about my pain, excuse me, instead of giving him the silent treatment. It, it involves laying my complaint before God, telling him exactly what's wrong in blunt and honest terms, asking boldly for God's help, and choosing to trust. So turn, complain, ask, and trust. Those are the four elements. And wherever there's pain in the world, and whatever the circumstances are that create hardship, I think lament is the language that we need in order to talk to God about the distance that we feel from where we are to his fulfillment of his promises in the word to us. And lament is how you move from this is really hard to God, I know you're good. Yeah, that's really good. Well, you were, you were just touching on um, corporate worship just a little bit there. And what does it look like to incorporate the practice of lament into the corporate gathering of God's people on the Lord's Day? Well, that's something that's really important for us to think through because, you know, if you think about a third of the Psalms are laments, and then you think about what happens in most white evangelical churches in particular, lament is uh, virtually absent in our, our worship services, in our prayers, and in our singing, and our preaching. So I, I think, and I talk about this in the book, that lament could show up, and I would argue should show up at some level, in the songs that we sing, the prayers that we pray, the sermons that we preach uh, on a Sunday morning. So it could be a lament prayer in the context maybe of a congregational prayer. Um, it could be that we're just changing just a 
little bit about how we're praying about someone who's passed away or someone who has a, a battle with cancer, for instance, and instead of just praying for them, we might want to lament the presence of cancer in the world or a particular sermon series. I, I think um, pastors would be well advised to preach certain sections of Psalms or to consider a book of Lamentations uh, just as a, as a different um, language and perspective that uh, I think they'd be surprised how many people really need that. And for that matter, just, uh, you know, there's so many things that are happening in the world on a regular basis that are broken, and lament gives us a language to know how to speak into that brokenness. When a national tragedy happens, a local tragedy happens, a church tragedy takes place, uh, lament gives us what we can say and how we can talk to God and to one another when the bottom falls out. So I think there's lots of different ways to integrate it um, into the context of a Sunday morning gathering. It's really good. Well, you just touched on preaching. Uh, what advice would you have for pastors wanting to preach on lament from the Bible? I think they should start with the lament psalms. Those are probably more accessible and, and they, they they bring resolution more quickly than, let's say, the book of Lamentation. Um, there's some just rich material um, you know, in the lament psalms, and I, I think I would encourage pastors just to consider that if you know one out of every three psalms has its tone, then it seems like we ought to help people understand how to pray it. And so I think teaching maybe a few of the lament psalms or maybe reading those uh, lament psalms even at a, at a funeral or something of that sort is um, could be really, you know, really helpful. And so um, I think when a pastor approaches that subject, he'd be surprised how many people will resonate with that message uh, because there are people more people, I think, than many of us realize, who come on Sundays who feel very disconnected from the sort of typical triumphant diet of our Sunday morning gathering. And um, nothing wrong with that tone in and of itself, but if we don't balance it out with some aspect of lament, I, I, I don't think it's balanced. I think that's really good. Um, other than, you know, preaching the Bible, how, how could pastors model lament to the people in their church? Mm, you know, pastors deal with the leading edge of pain in people's lives from um, you know, bedside conversations with dying people to conducting funerals and you know the beauty of the gospel is it enters the glorious times and the really really hard times I think modeling how to pray for people uh, modeling um, what to say and maybe in some cases better even what not to say um, and maybe there's you know sometimes that people just don't pastors don't know what to say and you could actually just simply pray uh, a lament song over someone and let the Bible speak for itself you may feel like oh, it feels like God has forsaken them I know that he hasn't, but it might be a moment for you to connect to Psalm 22. You know, Jesus himself prayed that, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And people feel that. And I think pastors can give people permission to grieve well and to grieve biblically if they'll help lead them through that. And it's been remarkable as I've sort of entered into this space with uh, conversations about lament that people are just kind of surprised that they actually have permission to talk to God in a way that fit with the tone and the tenor of the lament psalm. So I think those are a couple things. Um, and honestly, there's a lot more exploration that could be done uh, in this arena. There's a lot more work that could be done when it comes to helping people lament. Do you think that, um, I know that we, we talked about how a lot of, you know, in seminary they don't talk about this. Do you think that um, there should be maybe a class that seminary students go through on on lament talk help to help them so you know when they go to the hospital and do hospital visits and funerals and the, the things that we're talking about that that could that could help them I think it certainly could 
good. Uh, I, I think there needs to be an understanding of, of the category, um, the genre, and the theology of lament, and then from a pastoral ministry perspective, how it could be uniquely helpful. Um, I think that if pastors don't understand it, then I think they only give people sort of half of what they would need when they walk through through suffering. If pastors, if the best thing that a pastor can do to help his people for suffering is by preparing them before it happens, then it just seems like in seminary training as well, it would be good at least to have some conversation, whether it's in counseling or preaching or pastoral care classes, that lament is a part of the conversation. It's a very, very helpful biblical tool for navigating some pretty tricky waters. And I think that opportunity and the challenge necessitates a conversation about lament. Yeah, so so maybe that'll be one of your books coming out, maybe, yeah. in the future? Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. That's a, that's a whole different uh, piece. And, or they could use my book as a textbook for, for chance to have a conversation about that. I'm just having a little fun with you. How does uh, how's lament help grieving people? So many ways. Uh, lament it, it gives validation to struggling people that it's okay to wrestle with um, challenging feelings. You know, I say grief is not tame. It, um, it, it, it comes like, you know, billows of wave. Uh, it just storms your shore of your life. And what lament does is help people to know, look, what I'm feeling here, God can handle, the Bible can handle. And at the same time, points us and it gives us a direction for where we could head with what we can do with our emotions, what we can do with our pains, and how we can take them to the Lord, how we can honestly struggle and fight to be able to get to a point where we're trusting in the Lord, realizing that that's going to be a journey. So I think lament serves, as, again, as a language that helps show us where we ought to go with our sorrow and our pain. The other thing that it does is that if you've got a hurting friend who's grieving, it's really scary. You, you don't know what to say. You don't want to say the wrong thing. And so lament gives you a way to engage with them that leads with empathy, but also substantive biblical truth that can help navigate them to a point of really trusting in God's uh, goodness. And the other thing is I just think lament helps people to know that they're not alone in their suffering. And Jesus is the man of sorrows, entered into our pain. He even quoted a lament psalm when he's on the cross. And it's just helpful to know that I'm not alone in this journey because grief is not only scary, it's incredibly isolating. And uh, lament, I think, comes like a friend and it sits next to you on the, the morning bench of life and says, I'm, I'm here to help you as we walk through this. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I, my parents got divorced when I was a, in, when I was a teenager. And I, I remember reading, uh, I, I just remember reading the Psalms over and over again. And I, I spent a lot of time just, just reading and, and meditating on the Psalms. And, and that really, that really helped me during, uh, I was a junior in high school when that happened. And, you know, it took a long time for me to get over that. It, it, it's very traumatic, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, God, uh, your book just reminded me of, of that period of my life. And, just thankful for that I can look back and see that God's hand it was that he he didn't leave me in that you know he right. provided people to walk along with me his people he, he gave us you know he gave me the word to to read and to study I, I made it through by the grace of God and with the help of his people and even though I didn't understand lament I you know I was I was hurting I was it, it broke me it really did right. and I think I could see now that I was lamenting and, and during that even though I didn't know what that was uh, that's what I was doing. Yeah, it's amazing how we can look back at our lives and we know that God worked through that, but when you're in the middle of it, you, you're believing that that's true, but it's really, really hard. And, you know, lament is a, a way to think about not only what's happened in the past, but even build pull of 
lessons into the present and say, God, here's a, here's a way for me to talk to you while I'm walking through this very difficult journey. How does suffering refine what we trust in and how we talk about our experience with suffering? You know, suffering has an ability to help us to know what we really believe. And um, it's one thing to say, I, I you know, believe that Romans 8 is true, but you, you believe it differently when you've come through suffering and you've seen God be faithful to his promises. And when you have kind of had to go the distance with uh, what the word uh, says. And so at it, it, one level, it tests your level of belief. It, it tests um, the extent to which that that promise is true. And the challenge, of course, is that part of that testing means you have to go right to the edge of almost unbelief. Do I really believe that this is true? Is God really going to be faithful to me? And um, so suffering has the ability just to verify that those promises are living. They, they, they do, in fact, work, and I can make my life, you know, on them. And so I think that's that's why in the book of James says we're considered all joy when we are grieved by various trials. So there's the juxtaposition. We're to joyfully endure things that are really grieving. And uh, I think lament in particular is a way to think about the process of that refinement. So there's no question that uh, suffering does that for us. Well, Mark, how does lament tune the heart so it can sing about trust in God alone? But lament has a unique ability to help at lots of levels. Let me just give you two. Uh, first, what it does is it helps us to vocalize what we're feeling. So it's one of the reasons why we love the Psalms. We, we run there because we feel the empathy that the Psalms bring. And laments help us to vocalize the internal tensions that are wrestling through our hearts as we're kind of battling through sorrow, yet also trying to believe. So in that respect, it can tune us to um, both tell God what we're really feeling and, and also recommit our hearts to trust Him as we uh, believe again the promises that we have really never forgotten, but pain causes us to really question if those promises are in fact true. So in that way, lament helps to reaffirm trust in our hearts. So the second way is that by reading laments and just becoming aware of this minor key language, it tunes our hearts to the suffering in the world around us, even if we're not going through personal tragedy, and reminds us how much we need Jesus, not just to relieve us from our burdens and challenges, but to come back and to redeem the entire created order. So lament has both the ability to tune our hearts to trust him in the midst of our own sorrow, and also just the general sorrow that exists within a creation that is groaning under the weight of sin. Yeah, that's that's really, really a good answer. Um, yesterday, I had a pretty difficult day. I, I got a project rejected, and I was also turned down from a position, and I don't deal well with rejection uh, by and large, and I, I just never have. So so was processing that. Last night, I decided to go uh, for a walk, a long walk, and about two miles, which is which is pretty far for me. I don't really walk that much. And anyway, I, I turned on some worship music, put on my headphones, and, and just started crying out to God. And, um, you know, by, by the time I was, you know, walking back to my house. Uh, the sun was going down. It was pretty late, and it was getting dark. and And I was, and I was feeling, uh, I was feeling better because uh, I poured out my, poured out all that frustration and and you know the the rejection and and remind I reminded myself of the gospel and reminded myself that you know Jesus was you know he was rejected by men and accepted by God and um, I'm forgiven and loved and accepted by God and so no matter what happens, uh, I'm <laughs> I, I'm still loved by God. And what greater thing can there be than than that? And um, the the worship thing just really helped to me to to remind me of uh, God's love for me and and how I'm accepted and loved. And, and so yeah, that's great. It's a great example of what we're supposed to do when we feel 
until like the bottom drops out or when uh, just the ordinary sorrows of life just uh, land on our shore. How is lament a prism through which we can see a path for growth in the grace of God? Lament gives us a structure, um, sort of like guardrails, uh, turn, complain, ask, and trust are four key elements that all laments um, have at some level. They don't have all of them in every way we, we might think of them because uh, laments are poetry, and so they're not always linear. Um, but what lament does is gives us a structure, uh, a way to see life, uh, a prism to use the word used in your question, to see the difficulties, the sorrows that we encounter, and to transform those from just mere pains into platforms of worship for us say, even in this, I'm still going to choose to trust the Lord. Even in this, I'm going to bank my confidence on God's ability to help me. I'm going to believe that somehow this sorrow that is taking place in my heart can be used to help me to see things about myself, about the world, and even about the gospel that I wouldn't see without the unwelcome but strangely helpful prism of pain. And lament helps to give language and a voice and a path for that journey. I know uh, that's really good. I know I know. for me, oftentimes I, I want to avoid pain and I want to avoid suffering. And, and um, again, I have to remind myself that, that uh, why, does, why do these things... Uh, why are these things in the world? Well, they're because of sin. Um, we're, we're sinners by nature and by choice. We don't get to put our nose, thumb our nose up to God and say, God, you're not, you're not good and, and all those things. Although, although we do in our, in our worst moments to be sure. And I'm certainly guilty of that myself, but, you know, and just, just reminding you talking about, you know, God's good. And, and this is a, this is a way in which, you know, we can not only express our hearts to God, but we can also actually implement and, and truly practice his, his goodness for, for us in our, our lives. Exactly right. What are some personal steps one might take in personal lament or in helping others to learn about the practice of lament? One of the things that I've found to be helpful is to use that fourfold grid of turn, complain, ask, and trust, and to think of how one might pray in that format on a more regular basis. You know, most of us, myself included, kind of grew up with the acronym of ACTS, you know, adore, confess, thanksgiving, and supplication. Not a bad prayer form, but I found it to be helpful on a somewhat regular basis to use the turn, complain, ask, and trust format just to tell God about the sorrows of my heart when they can have a difficult week or a, a burden is uh, really strong. So we can practice that personally. Another thing that we can do is to realize that when we have a grieving, hurting friend, one of the most helpful things that we can do is not try and fix it, but just to enter into their pain with them. To, um, as one author says, to sit beside them on the morning bench. And lament helps us to know what to say and how to pray uh, in those kind of moments. Uh, the other thing is just to read uh, the Bible through a lament lens, uh, whether it's the book of Habakkuk, the book of Lamentations, the Psalms. Um, we just can see the way in which uh, the Bible uh, gives us a language for talking to God in the midst of our sorrow, in the midst of our hurt. So I, I encourage people to think about lament in the small areas of life, not just the major events, uh, to see it as something that they put into practice, even when disappointments, um, difficulties come, so that when major life events that are traumatic happen, they've got a well-tuned um, muscle, muscle 
muscle, a well-tuned muscle for uh, practicing the uh, biblical uh, language of lament. Yeah, that's really good. I, I, I'm reminded uh, of something one of my high school mentors said. Um, when going through my uh, parents' divorce, or, or shortly after it, he, he said that the, the Christian life is about perspective, and, and you just articulated that so well. Uh, you know, it, it's about you know seeing reality as it is. You know, through the gate of God's grace and His Word. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know I need that. Um, I'm sure you do. Uh, we all do, and and God has provided that for us. Yeah, that's right. And praise God, He has. Amen. Well, Mark, uh, I've I've really have enjoyed this conversation, and and just as we wrap it up. Um, can you give us a few takeaways that you would have for us on this topic? Yeah, I think lament helps us to vocalize our sorrows. Um, it gives us a voice when we're in pain. And I'm really thankful that that's there in the Bible. It's why we love um, the Psalms, why we love particular laments. Um, Jesus, after all, was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Even Jesus quoted a lament uh, on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. So lament helps us to vocalize. They help us to empathize both with the uh, general pain that is in the world or empathize with a brother or sister who's going through hard times. Lament is the way that we can enter into their pain and, and help them to, to see and to savor God's grace when the storm clouds of life roll in. And then finally, it's a way for us also to memorialize the reality that we live in a broken world. So memorials are there for a reason. They're designed to help us never forget. And particular parts of the Bible, like Lamentations, Habakkuk, certain of the Psalms, are there to remind us that when life is really going well, we ought to be careful that we're not um, unaware or forgetful that we do live in a really broken world. And watch the news. We can lament and, and not remain distant, but enter into the sorrow of a world that so desperately needs Jesus to return. And, and in so doing, I think Christians then could become uh, really uh, a prophetic voice calling the world to trust in Christ when hardship and difficulties come. So lament is both personal and it's corporate. It both vocalizes, it empathizes, and it memorializes how we deal with pain when difficulty comes our way. Yeah, that's that's really, really helpful. Well, Mark, uh, one last question. Where can people learn more about your ministry work? Well, they can look at our church website, which is uh, yourchurch.com. I serve at College Park Church in Indianapolis. They also have a blog, markvroga.com. That's M-A-R-K-V-R-O-E-G-O-P. And then I uh, have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram presence as well. Those are just some of the places that, that folks could learn more about what's going on in my world and um, things I'm thinking about, writing about, and uh, leaning into. Wonderful. Well, I've, I've really have enjoyed uh, getting to chat with you and, and also following you on social media. Uh, keep up the good work there in Indianapolis and, and in your writing and speaking, brothers. So God bless you. Brother, thanks so much for your time and your interest in the important subject of lament. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you were encouraged by today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. For more uplifting and thought-provoking content, please visit us online at servantsofgrace.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Servants of Grace and on Facebook at facebook.com slash servantsofgrace. We hope you have a blessed day and we will see you next time.